Tune into this brand new episode in which we will demystify actionable sustainability and what it takes to coordinate sustainable solutions through the SEEDS principle, as well as event coordination and organization of sustainable events and social entrepreneurship. Welcome to Events Demystified Podcast, where we explore and demystify the world of in-person, virtual, hybrid event AV production and technology by sharing insightful tips, tricks and tactics to make your events a success. This podcast is brought to you by TreeFan Events, a woman-owned boutique event production agency. And your host is Anka Trafan, a technical event planner and producer with almost two decades of hands-on technical experience in event production. Well, friends, welcome to another episode of Events Demystified Podcast, your one-shop stop for tangible, technical, and practical planning advice for anyone in the events industry. Today's episode is sponsored by Trifan Events, a woman-owned boutique production agency, and I am your host, Anka Trifan. On the show with me today, I have a client and a friend, Jason Marmon, Director of U.S. Energy, Environmental Sciences, Sustainability, and Social Entrepreneurship. When I asked Jason to send me his bio, this is what he sent me. I am a social entrepreneur and a humble optimist. And if that doesn't describe Jason well, I don't know what does. As a co-founder of U.S. Energy, his goal is to be a sustainability coordinator using his passion, knowledge, and network to coordinate and to connect sustainable solutions through the SEEDS principle, which is something that we're going to learn more about. So let's bring Jason in and find out what that is all about. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hello, Anka. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is a great pleasure. You know, I don't always have the honor of bringing in clients that are also friends. So this is a great honor for me. The honor is mine. I, I really appreciate it. I, I wish I could dial in my podcast with all the, the bells and whistles you got. So I'm learning <laughs> already. Maybe you know an event producer that could do that for you. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I totally do. Well, Jason, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a question that I've been asking all my future guests this season. And by asking you this question, I am giving you the opportunity to evolve on your bio, but also talk about your passion, the one thing or the things that set your soul on fire. So our audience understands you better and where you're coming from. So what are you most passionate about? You know, I I would say, you know, community coordination, community development. I call it social entrepreneurship. So basically knowledge sharing, that's probably the biggest takeaway from the last 10 years of, you know, my career and, you know, doing events and working with nonprofits is uh, just kind of connecting people and being a catalyst for what we call sustainable solutions. That's a very big topic. I, you know, we can definitely get into that you know, here later, but just uh, at the basic level is just relationship building and, and building community. That's probably what I'd say the most. And I feel like you're one of the few people that I know that is doing that really, really well. And it's a gift. Like it's not something that comes natural to a lot of people. So I don't know what your secret is. Maybe you're going to share that with us later. Right now, what I'm super curious about is this seeds principle that you mentioned in your humble bio. (laughs) Would you give our audience a better understanding of what those principles are? Yeah, the easiest way to do that is to sum it up in an acronym and an analogy. So sustainability, energy, education, diversity, and synergy. And basically you got to plant these seeds to grow community.
green. And, you know, under an example in sustainability would be my green thumb. And that's regenerative agriculture. And I have some great mentor in Gabe Brown. I sit on a Soil Health Academy board. We're coming out with a, a new organization called Regenified. And it basically talks about how, you know, agriculture is really the foundation, I think, of our society here in the United States. And so if there's one thing people can agree on, it's good food. And so you start the conversations at the table, and then you can start talking about principles. And I think, you know, we've, we've kind of deviated a, a, away from a lot of the community development principles. And so agriculture is what we're going to have to come back to now that we're dealing with you know, things like climate change and inflation and supply chain disruptions. And so it's it's kind of a, a formula. It's a guiding principle for us. We call it the seeds principle. At some of our events, we feature the seed show. And so we'll bring in experts in each of those, like Gabe Brown in regenerative agriculture, you know, Jen Pearson, Dr. Jen Pierce at Boise State for climate change, Brittany Zimmerman for carbon capture utilization and storage. So we, we're, we're kind of thinking in a systems design approach. And oftentimes things get siloed, you know, um, you're an expert in this, you're an expert in this, but in, in nature and out, out in the world, it doesn't operate in silos. Everything works together. And so we got to remember that our business is our environment and our environment is our, is our business. And so we're trying to just bring back conversations to find common ground. And that's our way of, of pushing forward sustainability and, and social entrepreneurship. I love that. So as you mentioned, you know, you're definitely passionate about regenerative agriculture. It's a word that I had to learn how to pronounce and I actually had to Google it when I I was first introduced to it, I'm like, what does that mean? And you're not a stranger to organizing and producing events, some of them at a quite very large scale, especially pre-COVID. Would you give us a snapshot of some of those pre-COVID events that you've organized and coordinated? And how did you end up doing that in the first place as it connects to social entrepreneurship? I guess I got to start after college. So I, I'm from Northwest North Dakota originally, and that's uh, traditionally an agricultural state, a side of the state, but oil and gas, it's the home of the Bakken. And the Bakken is a very large formation, oil and gas formation in North Dakota that really transformed our region in a boom, you know, you could say from 2008, 2012. And then in 2012, I, I got out of school. I came back. I thought I was going to stay for a summer. Uh, I played some softball and uh, one of the, the oil companies is like, hey, we got a job for you. We want to give you an opportunity to use your degree. So I started building tools and then I moved to a health safety environmental professional. And I did that for two years. So I got to understand the complexities of the oil and gas industry and how they interacted with the state and municipalities like my hometown, Williston, which went from you know 12,000 people in 2005 to 50,000 people in 2015. And so you know when you have a triple, quadruple, you know the growth of your town in, in less than a decade, you know that has tremendous challenges that come along with that expansion. And so it, it was really a learning lesson for me. And then after the two years, I was like, well, I see an opportunity to do events because the community is you know getting so big, and, and we're like, hey, we don't have these concerts and we don't have all this stuff. And so we, uh, me and my father, Dr. Roland Marmon, we were, you know, always loved music. And so music is to us is the universal connector. And so we started doing country concerts with our, our first show was with Travis Tritt in Watford City. We called it the Bash on the Grass. And, you know, that led to a series of other concerts throughout the years with like, you know, Charlie Daniels, Creed, you know, the Guess Who, even classics, uh, Tanya Tucker, Little Texas, Chris Cagle, Sawyer Brown, Blackhawk. We even did a Metallica show. 
it was a tribute, but they were spot on. And so that's kind of our background is really in musical productions because that's something that we truly cared about. And so did our, our audience. Being in my hometown, you know, you have family, friends, relatives, and, you know, they want to see you make things happen. And so one of the shows we did in, in northern Colorado, we called the Colorado Energy Festival. And that featured Charlie Daniels in Little Texas and a couple other regional bands. But that allowed us to interview. I interviewed personally the governor Hickenlooper at the time. And, you know, we talked about the relationship between oil and gas uh, in Colorado and renewable energy. Because if you're familiar with the interstate, the right side is Weld County and on the left side is Boulder County. And so they're totally different philosophies in politics. And so we were, our goal was to say, hey, if we're trying to bridge the gap between conventionals and renewable energies and really start this transition, how are we going to do that? And the governor's advice to me was, if you can do that, you'll solve a global challenge. And so I took that as a, you know, kind of like a challenge, but also a piece of advice. So that's kind of what been our mission is really been expanding. And then after or during COVID, we really connected around regenerative agriculture. And that's the co- the community or the, you know, the village that we're building out is, you know, hopefully something that we, we call the Carbon Summit. I guess we're a little ahead of myself, but we call it a promotional platform for identifying, promoting and helping scale what we call sustainable solutions. And so... Well, talking about that, because we just segued into the Carbon Summit, and we worked on that in the last year. It was a two-day hybrid event, and was all about sustainable and regenerative agriculture, and a lot of other terms that, like I mentioned earlier, I've never heard about in my life. And it was quite informative, though, to tell you the truth, and quite interesting. One thing that I remember that stuck with me was the fact that each presenter, as they were, you know, presenting their topic and discussing an important part of the season principle that you just mentioned, as they were uh, starting their talk, they were starting on this desperate note with where we are currently, but eventually they were ending on a hopeful note, concluding that, you know what, there's still hope out there that we can still turn this ship around and not destroy this one home that we've got earth. Could you give our audience your general perspective then on actionable sustainability in the context of regenerative agriculture? Well, there's kind of two perspectives that I can give on that. my father's side, my father's a tribal member. My grandmother was a medicine woman. And there's natural laws that we have to follow as, you know, humans or, you know, kind of the stewards of the planet. And, you know, the the extractive capitalism that has been going on for a long time um, is just starting to fail. And, you know, we can see that through inflation, supply chain, you know, challenges, you know, the housing market for the Zoomers and the millennials, the opportunity to own homes is nearly gone for a lot of people. Or, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to be in lifetime debt. And so that is something that the boomers and the silent generation didn't have to deal with. And so there's a big gap in communication between those older generations and the younger generations, for one, because they they communicate differently. But back to those universal laws is that the planet operates on a chaos and control spectrum, a yin and a yang, if you will. And so as the the fiat or the the monetary system gets stretched out due to inflation, and you start losing the middle class, we can kind of see that buffer of the community kind of fringing as well. And so there's a, it's an inflection point. It's like, all oh, are we going to, you know, kind of address these things and work together? Because anytime humanity has gone through some very traumatic times and experiences or times get tough, leaders have always rose to the occasion to, to solve these problems. What the collateral damage is going to be on that, I guess, is we're going to find out. But at the same time, the Earth's regenerative capacity, the, the Earth's ability to heal itself is unprecedented or out of this world, if you will, because um, it's, there is no 
limit to that. But it really comes down to humans. I mean, humanity, we're very responsible for what's happening, whether it's climate changing. And there's no question that the climate is changing. People can still debate whether it's, you know, we caused it or not. But there's plenty of evidence out there that, that points that we're 98% sure we are. And, you know, greenhouse gases has certain properties like carbon oftentimes gets talked about in the context that it's a pollutant. It's something that, you know, we need to manage and there's way too much of it. That's true, but it's also, a, it's the energy molecule. I'm a carbon being on a carbon planet using carbon technologies. And so we can't vilify it. It's actually the reason why we're alive. It's just balancing it, you know, like the way that we consume and our current lifestyles are going to change whether we like it or not. And I, as much as anybody, love to drive. My first car, I was 15 years old. I had a Formula 500 uh, Pontiac Firebird. Awesome 15-year-old car. Got in a little bit of trouble, but at the same time, I love to drive. But at the same time, we got to be honest with ourselves. It's like, do I need to drive nearly as much as I do? And is there a better way of getting from point A to point B, you know, in the in the greater scheme of things? And those are questions that I'm going to have to answer at some point in time. And so are cities and states and countries. And so the sooner that we can have honest dialogue around these things, the better off we are. And when it comes to whether it's mainstream media or, you know, the governments or, or the global governments, honesty is not really that high of a priority. And so that has to change. And we can't be afraid of the truth. Uh, we can't be afraid to have honest conversations. And that's really one of the goals of the Carbon Summit is to allow people to come and say their truth and not in a condescending way and not in a confrontational way, just a very fact-based manner that, you know, we need to have. Like that's in our constitution. It's in the foundations of the United States. And so if we lose that, we, we kind of lose who we are. Before we move any further, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, Trifan Events, which is a boutique event planning and production agency that will come alongside you, offering personalized event planning and technical support, strategic event design, production and technology management, and flawless execution for live, virtual, and hybrid events. The team at Trifan Events is passionate about planning and producing event experiences that get people involved with true moments of interaction, engagement, and co-creation, while offering white glove treatment throughout the entire planning process, enabling you to reach your event goals with the use of creativity, production tools, and event technology. And on how Trifun Events can plan and produce your event become memorable, go to trifunevents.com. So, you know what, Jason, people don't have to listen to you long or talk to you for a very long time before they realize what a passionate storyteller you are. And in your efforts to bring more awareness to the things that you're more passionate about, then what are some ways in which you've been able to communicate this sustainability story to anyone out there that is listening so that they can pay attention? Yeah, that's kind of a tough one because there's way like YouTube, for an example, you know, me and Gabe Brown, I, I went out to his ranch in, in the end of 2019 uh, before COVID hit or was it 2020? No, COVID was just starting. And, you know, we did a, I, I brought a video guy, an intern out with me. His name is Jason as well. Kind of a little, little mentee of mine. And we're just like, hey, we're, we want to come capture, you know, what you got going on. And now that video is the number two ranked video on YouTube in regenerative agriculture. And so that is just, speaks to, you know, authenticity. It's like, I was genuinely curious uh, 
of you know what Gabe was doing in regenerative agriculture, and I, I wanted to find a way to help spread that message. And so that's the way that the message is spreading is through you know digital content and you know digital media. You know, but at the same time, there has to be a relationship, you know, in person um, connection to stakeholders or decision makers because you don't get their time for very long. You know, if it's like this, I'm not saying these you no know, these are great, but at the same time, in order for me to convey the urgency of the situation that we're in to whether it's a state delegate, whether it's a, a governmental USDA or Department of Energy, you know, we have to be in person talking about these things. And that's one of the challenges of, you know, the, the situation we're in, especially before COVID, is that we had this great plan going. We, were, we had all this traction momentum um, around our way of connecting, our way of catalyzing these conversations. But now the format's different. And so that's where we've had to adapt. And even with the Carbon Summit, we've had to pivot and adapt on this because whether people just assume it's political, you know, when we're talking about very progressive solutions, when you talk about changing a dynamic, whether it's corporate interests, uh, political interests, they fear it. it's like, well, what's how's that going to affect us? And it's like, well, it actually won't if you embrace it and you join, you know, the movement. Like there's there's opportunities for everybody to solve problems. I mean, that's kind of what the American dream was about. It's like my mind is self-actualization, becoming who you are destined to become. And then, you know, solving humanity's big problems. I mean, that's the goal of entrepreneurship is solving problems. So in the spirit of building empowered and equitable and resilient communities by facilitating the education and diverse collaboration and civic engagement by providing, you know, a platform to identify, promote and help scale those solutions, sustainable solutions. What other cool things do you have that you're planning this year? I know that there's something that you're working on around Earth Day. Could you tell our audience more about that? Carbon Summit 2.0. Yeah, so we're just, you know, building off the frameworks that we've, you know, kind of established with the Carbon Summit. And it's honestly like a, a personal, even for me and my dad, it's a really personal development type of experience of like, how do we continue to engage in developing a, a deeper understanding, connecting with more stakeholders, helping wherever we can, and trying to be a part of the solution or, you know, trying to be the change we wish to see. And that's um, very difficult in a geopolitical landscape that's very connected. So, you know, you can't escape things that are going on in the world um, in a very digital community. And the globalization of, you know, kind of social media has to be talked about as well, because there's a lot of drawbacks and there's a lot of consequences that that come from that connectivity. We haven't evolved to be disconnected. And we're going to see that in the, the youngest generations. Um, I got a brother who's 17 in high school. And, you know, like they're being forced to be more introverted than maybe any other generation is because of, you know, they're bombarded with, you know, whether it's ads or, you know, negative information or, you know, bad news stories. It's like, I don't blame them for being very isolated. And, you know, you kind of create your own safety bubble because if everything that you see or hear on the news is not good, then that's perception's reality to a certain extent. And so um, that's one of the things that I want to provide is hope for the, the younger generations that, you know, the, the energy and the, the power is really in their hands because um, they're going to have to do the work. And that's one of the things that the older generations may not realize is that don't let the system fall apart because, you know, the younger generations are going to pick it up and rebuild it into something different. And whether or not that is already written or, or preordained, I, I, I'm not sure, but I want to be a part of the solution. And there's a certain commitment or obligation that I feel to help that, you know, to help move that forward. 
And what do you feel are currently some of, I mean, it's a great challenge, right? Like to begin with, but what are some of the barriers to overcome it? Well, uh, a big thing around events is funding. Um, so like if you think of a, a passionate group of, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds, you know, if they don't have a three year established nonprofit, you know, that's a 51C3 federally exempt, you know, it's hard to raise sponsorship dollars unless you can partner with another, you know, nonprofit, an established group, I guess you could say, in whether it's the, the school they're going to or whether it's other stakeholders, that would be the best case for, for them. But um, I remember a lot more events being done, you know, as a kid that, you know, we could go to whether it's at the local, you know, gymnasium or the, you know, the rec center or it was at the college or if it was one of the, the event centers, you know, now that's, um, that's going to be drastically different to have these kids reintroduced to events. You know, when you have, we just did a job fair in the, you know, Simplot Ballroom at Boise State and you could see a lot of the social anxiety was still very high and not just in the kids, the, the exhibitors too. And so that's something that doesn't really get to talk about. It's like, well, how's, how do we reintroduce people to participating and feeling confident in events? So that's one of the big challenges is it's kind of like an example. If you're, if you never take your dog, dog to the dog park and, you know, it's kind of a big, you know, scared dog, it's going to act very anxious when it goes in there with a whole bunch of other dogs. And I don't mean to, that's not a, I'm not talking down to, you know, anybody. It's just the, really the only example that I can give to sum up that the youth are the most affected by what's going on, but they're the least talked about. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges I see is these corporations aren't addressing how to, you know, develop and cultivate the youth right now because they're, you know, they're kind of stuck in their bubbles. And it's, um, it's showing in the workforce because, you know, a lot of these younger people aren't participating. You know, it's like they want to know what you, what you stand for. They want to know about what your, you know, ESG or your equity, inclusion, diversity looks like. And a lot of those things are, they're not standardized by the government. And so we have a lot of big challenges, but I would say the, the biggest one is, is socializing. You know, people have to be able to socialize and, and really not talk about the negative things because there's only two ways people take action. If you fear it and you're scared of it, or if you like it and you love it. And this side is really the only place to focus on to have proactive things happen. And so that's what we try to focus on. But it's been very difficult to get people's attention right now with with all that's going on. The topic of social anxiety that you just mentioned, Jason, that's a huge one. And honestly, something that I love to explore fully in a different episode, because it's a reality that not a lot of people understand, especially if you're an outgoing person, or maybe if you're of a certain generation and age in which coming back to in-person is not a big deal for you. But as you mentioned, that's not necessarily true for everyone. And there's definitely the younger generation that is struggling with that more so than the rest of us. And I'm definitely going to make a mental note to dive into this because it's something that is not talked about, as you mentioned, as it should be and uh, as we should pay attention to and find solutions in way we can include, right, the ones that are comfortable with being in person and being social and the ones that are not yet. There's a huge majority of us that are just aren't. So in the scope of trying to keep this, you know, within a time frame, thank you so much for sharing all those tips. What is one thought that you would like to leave for our audience today as it relates to actionable sustainability and sustainability in general in events? What would that be? I would say in, in wrapping up, you know, the one thought that I like to encourage everybody to, you know, think about is that you vote with your money or you vote with your currency. And so when you have organizers or groups that are doing work that you're passionate about or that you care about, you can either donate to their cause or help them fund their funding goals or, or their budgetary goals, or you just help them spread the word and, and engage with stakeholders who do have decision-making abilities. And that's probably the, the
the biggest piece that, you know, that's how community development works is that you engage either with your time, talent, or your treasure. And so one of them or all of them, depending on your means, you know, so you got to get involved, whether it's your energy or your resources, because otherwise you're kind of just in the, in the peanut gallery or, or sitting on the bench watching people do the things that they need help doing. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot more of, you know, whether it's around farming and ranching. An example of that would be vote with your dollar, you know, buy, you know, local, buy from, you know, farmers and ranchers who are, you know, transitioning to regenerative agriculture and build a relationship with them. You know, give them a call, ask them where your food is produced, how it's produced, you know, and that, those things will make a tremendous difference in, in your community because it keeps the, that those resources circulating locally. And it will support, you know, long term sustainability in our event as we are touching on that. And I love the passion that you have, you know, as you talk about those things, because we all want to see more sustainable events and all of the things, but we lesser give it a thought. What is behind all of it and where does it all start? There's actually action behind those little, you know, things that everyone can do in their own power and capacity. Well, I really, really appreciate all the things that you've shared so far and the fact that you taught us so much about what the seeds principles are and what uh, are some of the ways in which we could be, you know, better humans and do our part in identifying and promoting and finding sustainable solutions. Now, for anyone that would like to learn more about you, connect with you, ask you more questions, or even join the Carbon Summit coming up, where they can do that? Yeah. So the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. They could also shoot me an email, hq at usenergy.org. But if you want to learn more about the Carbon Summit, you got to visit boisestate.edu forward slash sustainability. Just scroll down a little bit. There's an events page there. We've partnered with them around, you know, the April 21st, 22nd, you know, dates. And so it'll be, you know, a hybrid format and we'll have a lot of virtual type of content that lives at our YouTube. And so US Energy on YouTube would be a great place to start. And I always say start with Gabe Brown's Regenerative Agriculture Talk. That's a really great introduction on the embodiment of, of the seeds principle. I really, we, we designed that principle with Gabe. It would be a good place for people to take a deeper dive into the seeds principle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jason. And friends, this is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you check out the episode notes for the links to register for the Carbon Summit and stay tuned for our next episode airing out soon. Thank you for listening to the Events Demystified podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to review it, rate it, and share it with other event professionals that could benefit from it. Connect with us on social at Events Demystified Podcast. We would love to hear from you and what you're up to. If you'd like to learn more about Tree Fan Event Services and find out if we're a good fit in supporting your event, can we help your event be successful with a 20-minute free consultation? Link in the episode's notes. Thanks for tuning in.